All right, news to us live on Adobe Radio. Hey, it's Eddie here. I am in the Los Angeles studios. Jason is in Denver, Colorado. Yo, what's up? There he is. Chris is going to be here in just a minute. A little bit late. You know, it's a live show. We got to start whether or not you have your pants on. He doesn't understand that. You don't have to have your pants on, Chris, to do the show. We all, uh, yeah. He always has trouble doing one leg at a time. He always tries to do both legs at a time, and it takes him forever to put those pants on. (laughs) That's a scene, yeah. Well, on its news to us this week, the GQP is aiming to set America back half a decade by eliminating abortion rights. And our guest, Henry Yanez, is running for Congress to represent Michigan's 10th district. A lot to get to on its news to us. It's news to us. IW Radio. You can uh, tweet us anytime. It's news to us. We're on Instagram. We're on everything. It's news to us. Oh, man. Uh, So after we did our show last week, that's when all this craziness happened with the Supreme Court ruling being leaked out. Uh, Have you been following this story? We're going to get into it in a second. But isn't isn't the whole thing crazy? Uh, It's absurd to me. Like, I can't believe this is still a debate. Yeah. I can't believe this is about to happen. Wasn't this settled 50 years ago? I'm you know, pretty sure we, that it was. You know, they say uh, we get wiser as we, you know, our society ages, but I don't think that's true. I think we're regressing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you excited to come out here to California? You're going to be out here in a couple of weeks. I am excited. You actually yeah. be right where I am. We're going to do a show right from here. Yeah. My daughter and I will be right there with you. Yeah. Uh, Hugo is here too Do we have a Hugo cam? You see him there on the chair Oh yeah look at there's Hugo Sitting there in the chair Sitting there the dog Hugo the dog is here And uh, (laughs) Probably hear him bark uh, once or twice Yeah you might because he's sitting pretty close to the mic But uh, Eddie's fortunate enough that he can fly his dog Anywhere he wants to Essentially, I sort of have to because I'm here for a month and, you know, I, nobody's going to watch him for a month. <laughs> I'm sort of screwed. To be honest, I'd, it'd be easier to travel without a dog. But it is um, it, it is cool to have him here. You know? Yeah, he's your companion. He's your, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, what's new with you? Anything new before we jump into the dirty deets? Anything new with me? Nothing I can disclose. Nothing you can disclose. Oh, no. All right. Well, how about you? How, you know, what'd you do? Yeah. You were in California over the weekend. Uh, did you do anything fun? No, not really. I, uh, yeah, I was kind of, I was pretty exhausted this weekend. So I kind of just laid low. Um, and I'm kind of saving the sightseeing touristy stuff for you, for when you come out. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I don't want to, you know, jump the gun on any of that. That's uh, fair. looks like, uh, Chris is now joining us and I bet his mic is going to sound weird. Before before we do talk about the dirty deets, it looks like you got a little bit of sun, Chris. Were you uh, out in the sun, or is it just your camera? No, I think it's just my camera. I, oh, looks like you I got think this is the first show we've done where it's not uh, dark yet. So I got like the backlight coming in and like the oh. side light. Yeah, from the the daylight. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just took. I just got out of the shower. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Flushed. It looks like you're like you were sitting on a, a beach and you just got fried. Huh. Like it looks like it looks painful, but I guess maybe it's just the lighting. 
<laughs> like we like we told the the audience when we came on the air, uh, Chris was having a hard time putting his pants on. Yeah, he was. All right, dirty deets. The dirty deets. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. Well, abortion rights protests are forming outside of Supreme Court justice homes. Pro-choice activists are protesting outside the homes of conservative Supreme Court justices Brett Kavanaugh and John Roberts. This is days after the leak of a draft opinion revealed that uh, the Supreme Court plans to overturn Roe v. Wade. And um, more on all of that in a second. But, uh, you know, these uh, these poor Brett, Brett Kavanaugh, he has people out there holding up signs. He probably can't get any sleep. Poor guy. Poor guy. Um, no, not poor guy at all. I mean, it, it, may he have no peace. Huh. That beer chugger. Yeah, I was going to say, did everyone bring a six pack for yeah. him? <laughs> Yeah, that's how you can get his attention, not with protest signs. Show up with a keg. Yeah, let's party, Brett. Yeah. But you can do some boofing with them. What was the boofing thing? I forgot. Um, That's what he did back in college. The devil's devil's triangle. Do the devil's triangle with Brett Kavanaugh. (laughs) What is the devil's triangle? I think it's a uh, Eiffel Tower or a London Bridge, I think is what they revealed. (laughs) You're speaking in too much code for me, Chris. I think he was I know, I get, roasting the woman. I get it. <laughs> Our, a supreme. It's funny we're talking. Not funny. It's sad that we're talking about a Supreme Court justice. Oh, and overturning women's rights. And, and yeah, and you know what's ironic is like if uh, he and Republicans have their way, there's no he. He can't spit roast women with condoms anymore. He'll be forced to not use condoms next time he's spit roasting. You mean forced to use condoms? No, not use them. They want to take away birth control as well. This goes pretty oh. far. Yeah, it's not just abortion we're talking about. This is uh, very alarming, this draft decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. So it was leaked to the public, and this is uh, related to um, a, a lawsuit, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, and Judge Alito wrote his opinion on this, which would essentially overturn Roe v. Wade. So uh, Roe v. Wade is the, it makes it uh, not legal for states to restrict abortion in the first trimester and only to enact reasonable health restrictions in the second trimester and then fully legal to ban abortion in the third trimester. So that's what Roe v. Wade is. And it was passed in uh, or decided in 1973 Seven to two ruling in favor of Roe. And basically the decision is a right to privacy. So the ruling was decided because if you look at the Constitution, there is a part that says the people have rights that are not explicitly enumerated in this Bill of Rights. And uh, that is is uh, interpreted as uh, we have the right to privacy when it comes to medical decisions and more specifically, women and abortion. So uh, that's a little bit of background on that. Yeah, um, they, they base it off the 14th Amendment, Eddie. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and uh, in 1992, it was upheld again. Planned Parenthood versus Casey Supreme Court again upheld Roe v. Wade. And uh, as you remember, our new Supreme Court justices, the conservative ones, when they were being 
grilled by Congress. They uh, they all said, including Brett Kavanaugh, that Roe v. Wade is the the land, uh, the, the 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 rule of the land, and it's already been decided. We're not going to be touching that. Uh, liars, liars. Well, we already we know he touches uh, different things, and he lies about it. So, can we expect anything more than that? Right. A lot of touching and lying going on with the uh, mm. GQP there. But yeah, um, yeah, so pretty scary that, uh, but but are you guys shocked at all? Are you surprised that these conservative judges that were put in through nefari- nefarious ways um, are doing this, going after Roe v. Wade? Are you guys at all shocked? Well, you know, this was inevitable, I think, once... Uh, you know, all these conservative justices got rammed through by by Trump and Mitch McConnell like it was just a matter of time. The thing I'm most surprised by is how fast it happened. Yeah. Like it took no time at all. And uh, yeah, it's like you were hinting at a second ago. It's a very broad reaching decision that, um, you know, even though. Uh, Alito says, you know, this only has to do with abortion, the logic, the legal philosophy he's bringing, bringing to bear could very easily be turned against, uh, you know, LGBTQIA plus rights or, or even access to, to contraceptives. So there's just a really shocking about face happening here. And, uh, yeah, I think things are very much up in the air, and uh, it's scary because there's not a clear path forward, I think, for liberals or progressives to get these rights reestablished because this is a very young court, so to speak. I mean, everybody on a Supreme Court's old by nature, but, you know, these most of these justices are relatively young, Uh at least the the conservative justices. So this, uh, what is it, uh, six to three split, conservative to liberal split on the court is going to be in place for a long time uh, unless uh, Democrats in Congress and the Senate decide to start playing hardball the way Republicans have been playing hardball and get serious about uh, considering impeachment against uh, some of these justices for lying during their confirmation processes or, or openly consider expanding the court, which they're not going to do because they had the opportunity to eliminate the filibuster in the Senate to uh, try and get some work done. And well, I, th- I, th- that I thought opportunity. That, uh, that Joe Manchin was against that. Um, so they, yeah. they weren't going to be able to. Right. And if they weren't able to, get filibuster reform done, which it would be a lot easier than impeaching and removing justices or like packing the court, then, then, you know, it's hard to see how Joe Manchin's going to go uh, for these court reform uh, proposals or, or uh, ideas either. It's an extraordinarily stupid move and in, in, in so many uh, levels to ban abortion nationwide. Now, of course, if this uh, does happen, this ruling, I mean, 
it'll go it'll be up to the states. So basically, a, a red state, blue state divided issue. But the vast majority of Americans support abortion rights. Before Roe v. Wade, it was a very uh, disgusting time in America. Women committing suicide because they would become pregnant or getting back alley abortions. Uh, mostly the the the, the poor. Uh, yeah. Uh, rich people will always get abortions uh, be, and have access to them. I mean, this doesn't affect rich people, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Like, this isn't an attack on abortion because, like you said, like, blue states won't pass abortion bans, but red states with lower-income people, um, they will ban it, and this is a direct attack on lower-income women. They won't be allowed to go to different states. You know, if you're rich enough, uh, you'll be able to fly to California and have an abortion legally. But unless you, know, you live in these- uh, Missouri, apparently, because Missouri and many other states, they have a law that will um, trigger trigger laws. If Roe v. Wade is overturned, they're going to ban abortion in all forms within 30 days of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Again, 13 states have that, including Missouri, and they have a law that will. Uh, make it legal in Missouri to arrest individuals who travel across state lines to get an abortion. Hmm. Well, it looks like a lot of people are going to be moving from Missouri. Yeah. I mean, um, let, let me ask you this question. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> what if you lived in Missouri, you know, given your, your, your stance on this position, like, would you move from that state if they banned abortion? I think I would. Yes. I think morally I I couldn't support that anymore. Of course, it's easier said than done to move, uh, but I would want to move and I'd look into it. I would try. I don't think. How about you, Chris? Yeah. I don't want to live in Missouri to begin with. I don't know what I'm doing there, but, um, (laughs) you know, I I actually read uh, an interesting article in the Atlantic about that idea. And like, it used to be, true and it it still is but it used to be economically easier to do that to pack up and move to to states whatever state you wanted in even new york or california but the cost of living has made it increasingly cost prohibitive to to move to states that align politically with your beliefs to to move to a place where you feel like your rights are protected there's getting back to the economics of it, you know, it's just increasingly hard to, to live in, in uh, blue States. If you, if you don't uh, make a lot of money, even, even Colorado, it's not a deep blue state, uh, but it's trending blue. It used to be uh, more of a purple state. It's become more of a blue state, Uh, but the cost of living, of course, I, I know we've touched on it before here, uh, the cost of living in Denver and in the uh, mountains, it just uh, goes up exponentially every year. And it's a, it's a lot of um, young, educated, liberal people who are moving out of these blue states into red areas, which I find to be interesting. So that could uh, have an impact on the shape of uh, the future of the country in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, most most Americans, the majority of Americans, according to a to several polls I've seen, and they're all about 60 to 70% wanted to keep Roe v. Wade into law. So with that being said, 
the vast majority of Americans supporting Roe v. Wade. Why do you guys think the Republicans are going so gung ho with this issue and like pushing it? Yeah, it's what they've always wanted. I think this is the uh, uh, somebody who I know um, who is conservative. I'm not going to point fingers, but there are they are a single issue voter in terms of uh, abortion. And so they always vote Republican because they are pro-life. And uh, this is. You know, I the abortion issue is interesting, I think, because if you genuinely believe that a fetus is, you know, has a soul or or whatever, but just philosophically is has equal status to to, you know, a a fully developed baby or, or adult women or whatever. You know, I, I can see how, you know, it would be like a very scary idea. The idea that, you know, women can go in and, you know, quote, kill babies, so to speak. You know, I imagine, yeah, like it, that's would be easy to get animated about. And so, you know, I think it uh, makes a lot of sense from their perspective why this is uh something that they've gone after so hard and so long. And I think, uh, you know, maybe one of the reasons why, uh, for the moment, progressives or liberals or whatever, Democrats, whatever pro-choice individuals are, are losing this fight and, uh, such, you know, maybe, maybe the war this time is because, you know, we haven't been engaging with the other side on a way that they're approaching the topic. You know, it's pro-choice or pro-life. They're not even having the same dialogue. One's talking about the right of women to choose and the other's talking about, like, the rights of babies. It's not even two sides of the same argument. They're different arguments. And so... We haven't had a uh, productive conversation about this as a country, you know, God, ever, maybe, you know, we've never been able to 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 figure out how to understand each other on this topic. I mean, do you think that um, so you're saying, you know, that the discussion should be more pro-choice or anti-choice, right? Like, that's kind of what you're saying or pro-life, anti-life, like. That would be more of a, you know, in the realm of the same conversations, either or. Right. Yeah. I mean, is there a way we can get to that point as a society where that is the discussion? I mean, I think it's so entrenched at this point. Like, I don't see those two conversations happening anymore. Well, you know, I don't see our politics getting honestly, you know, I'm so... I don't know, cynical lately. Like I just have such, uh, you know, scared feelings about the future of the country anyway. And about the 
future potential of of this country to continue as the sort of you know free republic that we thought we grew up in or or were educated to to believe in you know i just i don't know that uh yeah you're right i don't see how we come together on that issue or or on any of the issues that are plaguing us i just i worry that the best days of this country are behind us and now uh, isn't it interesting that you you bring up uh you know um lgbtq uh rights i mean aren't Aren't we just saying the GQP is attacking personal freedoms? Isn't what that what America is is freedom? And isn't that what freedom they were, to choose, they, freedom to decide for yourself what you want and who you want to be with and what you want to do with yourself? Well, and and weren't they bitching about personal freedoms with mask wearing and uh, yeah, like it's, it's so hip, it's gun ownership. Yeah, it's like um, yeah, you're I, I'm allowed to have rights, but you're not. That's basically the GOP platform. I mean, that's what it feels like. This is the land of the free, right? Like, don't judge other people. Like, you're not part of their decision. Let them be. Let them live their lives. But, you know, it's classic GOP because one of the things that makes me so mad about them is just how much, like, bad faith arguments they keep bringing to the table and like to circle back to Mitch McConnell, like he's he's the poster boy for that because he wouldn't uh, confirm uh uh who what Neil Gorsuch Mer- Merrick Garland no. Oh. Garland 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 yeah Merrick Garland yeah Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court even though uh uh Scalia died almost a year before the election that was plenty of time Obama made his appointment and and. Uh, you know, yeah. Then he, good old then he Kentucky passes, senator, yeah. Then he puts said through that, uh, Amy Comey, Comey Barrett. Yeah, in, days, in, right. Um, yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. but, but anyway, sorry, we we're kind of running short on time. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, sp- speaking just real quick, speaking of Mitch McConnell, uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. You know, we did say that it would go to the states if this is overturned, but now Mitch McConnell is saying that it's possible for federal lawmakers to ban abortion across the nation. And that is probably what they're going to aim to do if the Republicans take the House and the Senate. So everybody vote in the midterms. And coming up next, we're going to talk to a gentleman who is running for Congress in the midterms. Henry Yanez is running for Congress to represent a district in um, in uh, Michigan, Michigan's 10th district. So we'll, uh, ha- we'll have him on in just a second. But first, our sponsor. Thank you very much. Storyworth. Storyworth. Ah, yes, you know, there are people in your family you think you know, but then they start telling you stories you never heard before. And, you know, uh, we just had Father's or Mother's Day. Father's Day is just around the corner. So why not get some stories from your dad? And uh, StoryWorth will compile these stories and preserve them in a book with photos for years to come. It's really cool. And uh, you can pass this book around for generations to come. From Storyworth. Oh, uh, yeah. So, what's a what's a what's a good question to ask Dad for this book? Uh, mm. Hmm. How many cars have you fixed in your life? How many how many squeaky toilets have you fixed? I don't know. You probably think of better questions than that. Yeah, Chris. What's a, a good- squeaky toilet? 
Um, How about a leaky toilet? I, I had a toilet that squeaked when the water tank would fill in the back and be like, eee! it was really annoying. Mm. Um, yeah. And I don't ask me how that was fixed. I have no idea. But that could be turned into a story. Thanks to StoryWorth, they compile all the questions you have and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. So go to StoryWorth right now for a limited time. You'll save $10 on your first purchase. StoryWorth.com slash news to us. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash news to us to save $10 on your first purchase. StoryWorth.com slash news to us. We'll be right back with our guest. Don't go anywhere. It's news to us. Adobe Radio. It's news to us. 2022 midterms coverage continues. All right, we're back live on Adobe Radio. It's news to us. Our guest is going to be joining us here in just a second. I think it's important that uh, as we're we're quickly approaching midterms, like having these guests on and these candidates is is a big deal. And I'm glad we're uh, able to introduce some of these candidates to our audience. Absolutely. Our guest, Henry Yanez, is running for Congress to represent Michigan's 10th Congressional District. He is on the ballot in the Democratic primary on August 2nd, and he's live with us on its news to us. Hello. Hey, how are you doing this evening? Great. How are you doing? <clears throat> I'm doing very well. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks for taking the time to uh, to pop on and uh, and chat with us. We're really excited to have you on. And how's your day going? What have you been up to today? It's uh, all campaign from the time I wake up till the, the time I go to bed. So okay. uh, talking to a lot of voters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, are you are you able to uh, I think you probably are. But you're able to get back and see people face to face. And, uh, you know, I, well, I guess you weren't really campaigning during COVID. Right. You took a little time off right before COVID hit because your your term ended in uh, the state. Right. And then you uh, didn't really have to deal with the virtual campaigning. Yeah, I, I didn't get into this congressional race until March 1st. So. Uh, I haven't really been in it that long. Um, so it's, it's sort of post-COVID. And um, although, frankly, I just got over a case of COVID myself, uh, my first go around. Thank you. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's it's uh, a combination of sitting in a small room, calling people and, and asking them for contributions to help fund my campaign. And, and then also getting out and talking to different groups and individuals and, you know, trying to win votes. Right, right. Well, we have, we have so much to talk to you about, so many questions, but we do like to get to know our uh, guests on a personal level a little bit first. Sure. And uh, oh so are you are you a music fan? Do you do you have any favorite artists that are from the Michigan area? Oh, uh, you know, listen, I, I grew up in the, the 70s. So, you know, that was a, a, a Bob Seger, uh, Ted Nugent era. Sorry about the Ted Nugent thing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he turned out um, to be something else, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, you know, guys like Mitch Ryder, you know, they came out of Detroit. And, uh, there's a lot of great Detroit music, um, but uh, to, to if we're telling secrets here, I really enjoyed uh, the music of the '80s. Um, you know, discovering people like Elvis Costello and U2 and uh, bands like that, the Pretenders, um, and frankly, my my favorite band, uh, my favorite album of all time is 
Depeche Mode's Violator. So oh, cool. um, that's that's sort of what I enjoy, even at this ripe old age uh, that I am. <laughs> uh, music keeps us all young, though. You know, yeah, it does. It, it's uh, great. To, and uh, Jason had a question here about was it? Yeah, I was. I'm yeah. just, uh, you know, everyone likes hot sauce. At least I think so. I'm just curious if you have a favorite hot sauce, like your go-to hot sauce. So if you did a little research on me, you know I'm a retired firefighter. Right. And uh, a firehouse ain't a firehouse without hot sauce in it. And so there's, <laughs> there's you know, it's uh, McElhenney's, um, Tabasco, or Frank's Red Hot. You got to have at least one, if not the other, and generally both are in the firehouse. And uh, I'm I'm a I'm a McElhenney's guy myself. So the a controversial hot sauce is sriracha. Are you on team sriracha or not? You know, it's it's fine. It's it's fine. <laughs> you know, I yeah. everybody's got their own thing. Uh, no ghost peppers. Uh, nothing that will uh, cover the flavor of the food. But um, if you're gonna have uh, eggs in the morning, you better have some. Uh, you better have some McElhenney's. Hmm. Okay, I, I'll have to try that one. Have you had? It's, it's more vinegary than than sweet. So okay, so more like in the Tabasco family. Yeah, it is Tabasco. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, what's the last TV show you binge watched? I know that you probably don't have much time for that right now, but uh, no. Well, I always have time uh, <laughs> with the wife uh, to binge watch TV, oh, good. and uh, I live in one of those households where if I dare watch a show without her, I get yelled at. So <laughs> right, um, but we're. Um, uh, we're teeing up the final season of Better Call Saul. Um, we're going we're going back through season four just to catch up uh, right. and then get into the. So that's what we're uh, binge watching right now. Oh, uh, me too. I'm I I'm all caught up with it. Can't wait for the the new episode to come out this week. It's such a good yeah. show. One of the great show. Yeah, great yeah. show. Um, so you you did mention uh, that you were a firefighter and you were a firefighter for nearly three decades. Your uh, your father was a UAW Ford welder, and yep. so you come from a, a strong union background. And yep. I was just curious, you know, how you feel about uh, – we covered this on the show uh, in a recent episode – how you feel about Amazon and Starbucks employees unionizing, and do you think we'll see more of this in the coming years? We're definitely going to see more of it in the coming year, and, and I really think that this idea of the gig economy is starting to wane. Um, look at, if you can afford to start a, a, a company that builds rocket ships and takes joy rides into space, you can afford to pay your workers more and, and make sure that they have good benefits. Um, you know, the one thing you want at the end of a, a, a long career of hard labor is a respectable retirement. And I don't think that's asking too much when you have, you live in a, in a time where a guy like Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter um, a thing that we used to do for free back in the late nineties and early two thousands, you're trying to buy it for $44 billion. There, there's something wrong uh, when you can't pay your workers uh, a living wage plus and make sure that they have uh, healthcare uh, time off uh, with their families and, and a, um, a respectful retirement at the end of their working career. Why, why do you think there's been little progress in all of those areas you know, I, I really, I'm really not sure. I mean, you know, you know, here in the metropolitan Detroit area, it's everything is built around the auto industry. Um, and certainly when, um, you know, the Japanese first came over here in the eighties 
and then other car manufacturers started coming over here and, and they didn't unionize their shops. They paid their, they paid a, a decent wage, uh, but um, the opportunity to unionize wasn't really there, even though UAW tried to organize some of those plants. Um, I, I think that was sort of the downfall or the downturn, I should say, of, of um, organized labor. Um, and, and, I, I really, I really don't know what the uh, the answer is to that question. Other than we just took a we just took a turn, and maybe maybe it was the fact that our parents worked uh, in in some sort of a union. Uh, they had a decent job with decent pay, and maybe a lot of us uh, kids my age took it for granted. They wanted something more. A lot of people bought into that whole Ronald Reagan model of you know free markets and um, you know not having to re, uh, rely on a, a job that you're going to stay at for 30 years. Um, but I, I, I think we're starting to see a turn on that now. I, I really don't know why it happened that way. I, I'm sure there's some smart people out there that have done some studies. Um, but I do know that, uh, you know, people are now starting to realize that, um, you know, if Starbucks is the best job they're going to have and the owner of Starbucks is worth billions of dollars, then that some of that money can trickle down to, to the workers. Yeah, it's just really weird. And uh, it's disheartening, too. When you look at that, you see how much the CEO makes compared to the average employee. And that's uh, always sickening. And then the profits that these companies report to Wall Street, yet they're constantly uh, either laying off their workers or paying them hardly anything. And what uh, kind of legislation could even tackle these issues with all the lobbyists that these uh, corporations have? Um, hired to to fight against it. So that that's a that is a really big problem. Um, that when you talk about lobbyists and when you're in the legislature, whether it's uh, the state legislature like I was in up in Lansing or um, in Washington D.C., you're constantly as a legislator bombarded with lobbyists always knocking on your door, always wanting to talk to you, and uh, the average person you know rarely gets that opportunity. So organizations or groups that represent maybe labor um, or some uh, uh, some other organization, they don't have as much opportunity to engage with the legislators. So really, they're only hearing one side of the story. So, you know, that's part of it. Um, there is a, a, a bill right now in Washington called the, the PRO Act. Uh, it's it would be uh, it's designed to make sure that people have the right to organize. A lot of companies, if they're if they catch wind of any organization going on, uh, they'll bring in these uh, uh, consultants to come in and, and talk to the employees as to and tell them why it's bad to organize, why being a part of a union is bad. And uh, so that's one of the things that organized labor really has to fight against all the time. We just want to level the playing field. And, you know, if you're a, a conservative and you believe in open markets and leveling the playing field, then one of the things you should believe in is, uh, the right to unionize because a group of workers um, would have as much power as the people who own the company. And, yeah. uh, and it's, so, and it's the free market speaking for itself. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, free market's not always free. I can tell you that. Right. Right. So you, so you did, you mentioned that you, so you were in the, uh, you were elected to the Michigan house of representatives in 2012, right? That's 2012, when you, yes, okay. So yes. then, when you were there, uh, 
and you 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 stayed there for as long as you could until you reached your term limit, and and now you're running for Congress. Uh, what was your biggest accomplishment while serving for the Michigan House of Representatives? So I, I can't take any individual credit uh, on any particular thing legislatively. I mean, within the district uh, itself, we did a lot of work uh, on an individual basis. We helped a lot of people. We're, we're an older aging community where I live, a uh, very nice community, but we are getting older. And so a lot of issues with uh, with seniors uh, were popping up all the time. And, w- and we did a lot that way. But uh, probably my the, the biggest thing that I was connected to in the state legislature was uh, the expansion of Medicaid. Uh, you know, a lot of states didn't do that. Under the Affordable Care Act, we were able to expand Medicaid in the state of Michigan. And uh, so that was probably my, my, my proudest moment. Uh, as of today, over 900,000 Michiganders get their health care from Medicaid expansion. That's nearly one-tenth of the entire state's population. That's I mean that's that's awesome. That's that's really great. Now you uh have done uh you, you did a, a lot more than that too though. You are, were a part of a lot of really important legislation and um you apparently really liked serving because you you did it for as long as you could and then you ended up taking a little bit of time off from um politics I presume. I mean what were you doing between uh, 2019 and and when you decided to get into this race? Well, well, the voters asked me to take some time off is what happened. I, okay. I ran for state Senate in 2018, uh, and I lost that race. And um, um, within a few months, uh, I got a call to um, consider uh, sitting on my city council. So it just so happens that my state house seat was won by someone who sat on the city council. He had a vacated city council seat. They asked me to fill that seat. So I ended up on my city council, and that's what I do today, as well as running for uh, United States Congress. Okay. What made you decide to run for uh, Congress in the 10th District? So the short answer to that is um, January 6th. Mm. Um, I, you know, I have, I have four grandchildren, and I absolutely refuse to uh, have them grow up in a fascist state. You know, we, yeah. we saw a true insurrection, um, you know, people who who called for the hanging of our vice president. You know, right. I, I'm a Democrat, but for goodness sakes, that's my vice president. You know, people who literally wanted to overthrow the country and start a, a, a new government. And uh, that I find absolutely appalling. Uh, I refuse to uh, stand down and allow anything like that to happen. And let's face it, if the Republicans uh, take back control of Washington, these are the same people who in some cases uh, supported uh, the insurrectionist. And I, I don't know where our government's going to go. They're talking about overturning elections if they don't like the outcome. Um, I have no idea where this country is going to go if, uh, if uh, the Republicans, uh, the insurrectionist Republicans take over our government. So um, I, I can't just stand by and talk about it. I can't complain about it. I have to do something about it. And so this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm running. I'm running to win. I'm running to make sure that uh, the insurrectionists don't take over our government. The, uh, the about face and the the cowardice on display by a lot of these representatives and senators is stunning because a lot of them were personally there cowering under their desks, yeah. you know, for their lives. 
And a day or two later, we're talking a good game about how things have gone too far and how this uh, sort of attack against our government can't stand. And, and uh, a you know, short year later, uh, they're talking out the other side of their mouth and, uh, you know, defending the attacks and defending Donald Trump's actions on that day. And that hypocrisy is just really galling. And, uh, you know, I've always wondered how a person could look themselves in the mirror uh, when when they're defending that kind of thing. It's 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 really stunning, especially when we know that Kevin McCarthy uh, blamed Donald Trump for for the the, the riot. Um, he uh, even stated that he should step down, and then you know, literally within a matter of days, he's down in Florida uh, kissing the ring. Um, right. And we also know that there were a number of legislators that were sort of walking these insurrectionists around the day before, showing them where Nancy Pelosi's office was, and, and basically uh, aiding uh, the insurrectionists in, in their attack uh, the following day. How, how? Why have there not been consequences for these individuals? We, we bring this up a lot on the show because it, it's very important to never forget what happened on that day because it's very scary how close we came. And it's even more alarming to me that there really we haven't seen any consequence for those individuals involved who are in Congress. Yeah, so that's a great question. Uh, I I really would like to be inside the room uh, with the committee as they're as they're um, the you know January sixth committee as they're going through their their deliberations and talking to witnesses. Uh, it's but you know listen, it's really about the folks back home uh, and who they vote for, and um, it just seems to me that they're are a lot of people out there that are just fine with what their legislators did on that day. And, and um, I, I just, boy, I, I just don't have an explanation for it. It's, it's mind boggling to me. Sometimes I wonder if people were watching the same uh, event that I was watching. You know, uh, uh, I think you mentioned how your dad was a, a welder at Ford and a old school union guy and, and grew up during the new deal and all that. And, uh, you know, I just wonder how, uh, those in the greater generation would, would process sort of the, uh, the way, the degree to which, uh, fascism in our country seems to be on the rise, you know, and all the sacrifices they made in, you know, terms of their blood and all the, the, the bodies that never came home, you know, just to, to have that display in our country, you know, I just wonder if the older generation were still alive by and large, how, how they would be reacting to that. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I wonder the same thing myself. I, I, my, my dad lost a brother, an uncle that I never met in Italy during World War II fighting fascism. Um, you know, and then we had the cold war after World War II and, you know, we kind of coalesced as a country um, uh, around, uh, you know, democracy versus communism. Um, and, you know, those are th sort of the things that we just, um, you know, never really had to deal with until the Vietnam War. And then if you recall during the Vietnam War, uh, anybody who protested that, you know, they were told to, you know, love their country or leave it. I mean, it was it was that strong of a feeling. Um, and now we have people literally attempting to overthrow the government. And some people just seem to be okay with it. And I, I just, it's just, it's just really mind boggling to me because I don't know if anybody's noticed. 
I mean, I, I paid five dollars a gallon for fuel today. It cost me sixty eight dollars to fill up my twenty fourteen Chevy Cruze. But even at that, we live in a pretty darn good country. We're doing pretty good here, and uh, you know, we we can we we got a lot of complaints. But, you know, we don't have tanks, as one of my uh, colleagues on city council said the other night, she doesn't have a tank rolling down her street. And, uh, yeah, we have our problems, but doggone it, we do pretty good here. And I think our, our government, even though it, even though we're not batting a thousand, uh, I, I wouldn't trade this in for any other government in the world. Wow. Well, yeah, and it. it... Yeah, there are absolutely worse places in the world to be, that's for sure. And we still have a fighting chance to turn this around, and that's exactly what you're doing with your congressional run for U.S. Congress. And um, I do want to make sure we get your website out there. Where can people go to support your campaign? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, The website is henryyannesforcongress.com. Henry Yannis. Should I spell that? Yeah, go ahead and spell that, yeah. So Henry, H-E-N-R-Y, and then Yanez uh, is Y-A-N-E-Z uh, for congress.com. All right. Uh, Henry Yanez for congress.com. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, well, you, um, you know, you're, you're going to you have the primary coming up here very soon. You won that before. Yeah. And, and then you advanced. A, yes. I was going to say, we have a unique uh, system here in, in, in uh, Michigan. We have a... Uh, um, no reason, what we call no reason absentee voting, uh, and the absentee ballots go out 40 days prior to the election date. So ballots actually start uh, hitting mailboxes uh, at the end of June. So the the window is closing quickly, and uh, I need a lot of help and a lot of support to make sure I get it get across the finish line in the primary and uh, take on my opponent in uh, in the general election. Well, good luck to you. We'll be keeping an eye on this race. And uh, real quick, though, before we go, because I know this is um, on everybody's mind right now. Uh, how are you? I mean, I pre- I can pretty much assume you I already know your answer to this question. But how are you feeling about the rumblings of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Roe v. Wade? Excuse me. Yeah, I, I man, it's uh, first of all, the fact that that memo got leaked, I, I think, is is outrageous and, and, and damning and just shows how political our, our courts have become. Not, not that they haven't been political in the past. I, th- I think we have some sort of idyllic idea that, uh, you know, the, the Supreme court, the third branch of government was nonpartisan. I, I think we've always had some level of partisanship there. Uh, but to, to leak a memo like that, uh, that's, uh, that's fairly horrific. And then, um, you know, just the idea that we're going to turn back 50 years of, um, well, I, I guess what a lot of jurists uh, called, you know, uh, precedents. Um, I, I just, if you go back and look at um, every Supreme Court justice that's, that's on there now, and when they went through the, the process with the U.S. Senate, they were all asked the, the abortion question. And they all made it sound like it's subtle law. Well, it's not subtle law. And then the question is, if that isn't bad enough, and if you really want to know uh, a position about that, you can ask my wife. She's in the other room. I'd be happy to bring her in here. She'd, uh, she'd go on for a while about that. But, you know, um, what about all the other laws now that, uh, that have been passed by um, or decisions that have been made by uh, past Supreme Courts? Are those the wrong decisions? Uh, were, were, they, uh, uh, were the decisions faulty? And now this Supreme Court is going to change those decisions? 
uh, you know, whether it's same-sex marriage or, you know, pick any anything that's uh, that was decided by a past Supreme Court. So um, I, don't, I hate the slippery slope argument. I really do on, on any issue. But I think in this particular case, we are on a slippery slope. Yeah, it's 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 scary. That's uh, that's the big that's the big thing. And uh, and even if, you know, um, it is overturned and it goes back to the states to decide Mitch McConnell the other day was saying that yep. they would be eyeing a nationwide ban. So they are really going full force with this. So as uh, AOC recently said, uh, um, Democrats need to lay it all on the table and and really fight hard, uh, you know, with this, um, as with everything. I- I, I, I think that, frankly, we should supporters of this issue should really consider a general strike and and bring the country to a halt. I think I that really uh, that that should be That's exercised. Yeah. And I, I feel like we should be doing that more for a lot of issues. Um, we saw during covid how how uh, workers are relied upon and, mm-hmm. um, you know, how much power the masses have. And uh, it, I think a lot of people aren't really respecting that power. And the general strike is a, is a great thing. Um, uh, I, I will say that sometimes I wonder if the people understand how much power they they really have. And, you know, look, if you keep your dollars in your own pocket and everybody does that, um, you know, that sends a very powerful message. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Henry Yannis for Congress.com is where you want to go. There's a contribute button there. And. We will uh, hope to we have to catch up with you again at some point here before the general election. And maybe we could have your wife on to talk more about this Roe v. Wade thing, because it's I, unfortunately I, this is going to be something that everyone's going to be talking about for a while. Um, yeah. But she's, uh, she's a social worker and she's more than happy to give you a piece of her mind. OK, that would be great to have you both on. Well, we appreciate you again, uh, coming on the show and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Good luck, sir. Bye bye. It's news to us. IW Radio. So a little, uh, we have time for a quick news roundup. A couple stories we can get to before we wrap it up this week. It's news to us. News roundup. Police are looking for a man who is suspected of stealing a lawnmower from a home. Now, I don't know if this would normally make the news, but the reason why it is is because, uh, a little strange what happened. Well, that's courteous. Cops in Texas say this man stole a lawnmower, but before he made off with his loot, he mowed his victim's grass. This Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> mowed, mowed the lawn before he stole the lawnmower. Do you want to you think maybe he wanted to make sure it was in good condition before he went through the trouble of stealing it? Well, I'm wondering if was the victim not home or just oblivious to the lawnmower sound at night. Yeah, this is happening in the middle of the night, too. Like, must be a heavy sleeper to sleep through that. This video yeah. of the incident was captured at a home in Port Arthur. Police say Marcus Hubbard entered the residential building last month and... Oh, What's okay. with that music they're playing at the same time? <laughs> I don't know. It's like a sitcom. Yeah. It's like Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to believe what Larry did this week. <laughs> Remove the mower without the owner's consent. He then proceeded to mow the front and backyards of the property. All right. Uh, this stupid video goes on way too long. That's from Inside Edition. So I didn't even know that was still around. <laughs> huh. 
I mean, I, that's nice of them. Hey, I'm going to steal your lawnmower, but I'm not going to leave you in a situation where you need to cut your grass. So it gives you some time to buy a new one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's nicer than just stealing the lawnmower, not mowing the grass. Yeah, it's right? a courteous robber. What, what what can I say? Yeah. Right. I'm like, do you think that was that guy just like that? He just had to be wasted, right? And like confused. Maybe. Right? Maybe that's what was happening. Uh, yeah, possibly. Uh, you guys believe in uh, UFOs? Yeah, unidentified flying objects, aliens. I mean, there's well, I mean, saying they're aliens is one thing. Like UFOs right. happen all the time. Doesn't exactly. necessarily mean they're aliens. Eddie. Exactly. Well, thank you, Jason. You're welcome. Right. A high resolution. This is a new uh, photo that was just released. It's being called the most convincing UFO photo ever. It's been released 50 years after it was taken. By being an, called by who? By uh, officials. Official. By, Eddie. by official. Official <laughs> internet uh, folks. <laughs> but, official uh, internet trolls. I'm putting up the photo for you guys to oh, see. F- <laughs> so if you look at this photo, it's a uh, on the, oh, the left. Lord. There's a little uh, shiny uh, object that looks like I don't know. What does that look like? Uh, looks like Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks like a Photoshop. Like to scale to the land, like that thing is massive. Because we're looking at like, uh, I mean, how? What's the distance of the ground from this uh, view? I don't know, but um, apparently there's also like fifty thousand feet. Like you know, like you're up there, and then like this thing's pretty massive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, so. I guess this was over Costa Rica's where this was taken, and uh, 50 years this is taken to be released. Can you believe that? Maybe it's Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't know about that one. A So this woman in Australia, she went into a store with a stroller, and she put, like, a blanket over it, and apparently she was going to use the stroller to shoplift, and she was caught. So as you can imagine, that went... Great, her getting caught doing this. Keep from the store, you want me to bring the cops? Bring the cops, man. Bring the cops. Let my fucking people. Let my fucking people. You haven't even got in there. So she's yelling and claiming. <laughs> <laughs> Let my baby go. She's saying, that's my baby. But no, there's like a ham in there or whatever she was stealing. Uh-huh. Hey, Mom! Let go! Oh my god, her stroller had a baby. Yeah, no. So like boxes just came out of it of like <laughs> merchandise of some sort. Whoa. Wow, now the worker just shoved this lady. That's yeah, a little too far. It's escalating quickly. Actually, if you look at the sign, it's a bike shop. Wow, look at uh, that. Does it say bikes up there? I don't know. It says low prices every something. No, every above, day. above that. Uh, oh, I see that other. Yeah, above that's that. a different store. It could be and That Mike's. could say Drake's or Mike's or something. Drake's? Yeah. Who goes to Drake automatically? Like. <laughs> Oh. There you go, man. There you go. What was she trying to steal? The router? 
Yeah, she 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 stole a fifty six k modem. Huh. <laughs> Went through all that trouble. Uh, all right, yeah. Anything else? Any final words or thoughts? All right. I got nothing. I got nothing. All right. See you next time. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey.